This Sunday we have the story of the baptism of Jesus, which actually overlaps quite a bit with our story from uh, last week. Last week we had uh, preparation by John the Baptist, and uh, we're going to read some of the same passages in preparation for Jesus' baptism. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Luke chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 15. Now, as the people were in expectation and all reasoning in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We often refer to Jesus as the Christ, or uh, the Hebrews often refer to him as the Messiah. The words Christ and Messiah mean exactly the same thing. They mean the anointed. Uh, Messiah is the Hebrew word, and Christ is the Greek. But they both mean the anointed or the chosen one from God. You might start your Sunday school lesson with a discussion with the kids about what kinds of Things, what kinds of rituals and ceremonies we do when someone is chosen to serve us in a public office. For example, maybe they remember uh, the last presidential election. Uh, what happened after the president was elected? How was he sworn into office? Or uh, the governor uh, this earlier this year? Or maybe they even remember a couple years ago when I came to the church. The little kids probably won't remember, but maybe some of the slightly older kids will remember uh, what happened uh, when I became pastor of this church. So you can discuss some of these customs with uh, how we show that someone is chosen for an office. And then bring that into a discussion of how the ancient Israelites chose someone for office. And that, of course, was by anointing with oil. When someone was going to be king or a prophet or a priest, it was shown that God had chosen him for that office by pouring oil over his head. And so that's a big part of Jesus' baptism, his being chosen to be our prophet, priest, and king. And so we're going we're gonna to see that here, uh, how Jesus is the chosen one. And of course, that's what John points to. Some people think, well, maybe John is the chosen one of God. But John knows he's not and doesn't try to take credit, but immediately points them forward. This shows John to be a very good pastor. Of course, John wasn't referred to as a pastor. He was referred to as a prophet. But the job of John and the job of a, the job of a pastor these days is really the very same thing. Uh, and that's another thing you can point out to the kids. What is similar about what John did and about what their pastor does? We both preach the word of God. We both call people to repentance. And we both baptize people. So my job as a pastor and John's job as a prophet are really the same thing. Uh, my office is really just a continuation of what John was doing. He was there to prepare people and point them to Christ. And that's uh, what I'm supposed to be doing as well. And John does a good job of this. He answered and said to them, I I baptize you just with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose strandle straps I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We don't want to mistake John's words here to imply that his baptism was no more than water. Uh, John's baptism had the power to forgive sins exactly the same as the baptisms that we do these days. That is very clear in some of the other Gospels that John came baptizing with water for the forgiveness of sins. It's very specifically spelled out in many other places. But nevertheless, John's baptism was still a humble and lowly sacrament. It looked from the outside 
as just water. And that's what he's pointing to here. Not the fact that the power of God wasn't present in his baptism, but that when Jesus came, the power of God would be far more on display than it is through through the baptism. We should also point out here that John's baptism and the baptism that the kids received are the same. There is no difference. Uh, sometimes people also mistakenly get the idea from this passage that, well, they had John's baptism and that was a lesser baptism, and now we have Jesus's baptism and that is a that is a greater baptism. But when G- John refers to he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit at fire, John isn't referring to a new type of baptism. He's actually referring to something very different. And we're going to see that very clearly in the next verses. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Notice that he says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire, and then in the very next verse, he talks about fire again. The fire that with which Jesus will baptize is the fire of condemnation against those who will not believe. So when John says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire, he's not referring to a new type of baptism as we understand baptism, but he's referring to the fact that Jesus will come and he will bring many to, into the kingdom through the Holy Spirit, so they will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and many others he will condemn. And notice that that's exactly how he explains it in verse 17. His winnowing fan is in his hand. So you could certainly call to call to remembrance from the children how we saw what winnowing was uh, last week. You know, they've probably forgotten already. Kids <laughs> don't remember things for very long sometimes. So it's good to review that. Uh, how we saw what winnowing was, how the good, the believers, are capped and brought into the barn, and the bad, the chaff, is blown away by the wind and then actually burnt up in the fire. Now, we didn't actually burn the, the so-called chaff last week. I didn't think the, the parents would like it if I told the kids to gather the chaff up and, and follow me outside and throw it into the fire, that seemed a little a little bit more dangerous than we needed to do it in, in Sunday school. But nevertheless, you can point out to them that that's what happened to all that paper that got blown away uh, when they were fanning it. It got thrown in the trash and eventually is, is going to get thrown into the fire. But uh, the Tootsie Rolls and the candies, of course, the children grabbed and kept for themselves. And that's exactly what God is doing here. The believers, those who believe his message and receive the forgiveness of sins, Jesus is going to gather to himself, just like the kids gather that candy to themselves. Uh, But the unbelievers who don't want to listen are going to be burned and are going to be condemned. Now, the last part of John's message here is one that's not very popular these days, but it's nevertheless an important part of what Scripture teaches us, that the unbelievers will go to hell, that God's judgment is coming on the people. Continuing with verse 18, And with many other exhortations he preached to the people, but Herod the Tetrarch, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this above all, that he shut John up in prison. So here we see exactly uh, what John was warning against, that if people will not listen to the word of God, uh, Jesus will come and they will be condemned. And so Herod refused to listen and did something very evil, shutting up John in prison and then eventually having him beheaded. And Herod was, in fact, condemned by God for his evil deeds. Not right away at this point, but later on in his life, something really terrible happened to Herod uh, because he refused to repent and listen to God's word. So there we we have the example of John's very words. We also have the culmination of John's 
um, mission or work. Uh, so Luke is preparing the way for Jesus, and that was John's job, to prepare the way for Jesus. And so Luke is about to bring forth Jesus, and from here on out, he's going to talk about Jesus and not about John. John's work is done. He's prepared the way for Jesus. Now we want to focus on Jesus. And so just before he does that, before he he brings Jesus onto the scene, so to speak, uh, he wraps up the ministry of John, letting us know how it ended. And it's not a sad ending. It may seem like a sad ending, like, oh, John got shut up in prison and then was beheaded. But this is something to rejoice in. John finished his mission, and when he was done, God took him home to be with him in heaven. Uh, so even though it seems from an earthly standpoint like John lost, actually John won. And he got to go and and be in heaven with with God the Father and didn't have to work hard anymore trying to call people to repentance. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. Now sometimes uh, people wonder, well, why did Jesus need to be baptized? We need to be baptized, of course, because we are sinners and we need the forgiveness of sins. But Jesus, of course, was not a sinner. Uh, he didn't need the forgiveness of sins. So why did Jesus need to be baptized? And the scriptures give us at least five good reasons why it was necessary for Jesus to be baptized. And I'll write these reasons out along with Bible passages that support them and put that in the email that I send out uh, so you guys don't have to try and scramble and write them down uh, along with the passages just while I'm talking. So you can, you can look at the email to find these five points also, but I'll mention them here. Number one, it was necessary for Jesus to be baptized because this was his anointing. And we go back to what we started with there. The name Christ, the name Messiah, means the anointed one of God. And uh, that was often done by pouring oil over the head in the Old Testament. But here, God chooses to do it through his baptism instead. And so the pouring of the water, and then later on, the dove descending and coming upon him, was to show all of Israel that this was indeed God's chosen Messiah. John had told them that one was coming, and now everyone can see this is the one chosen by God. He was publicly anointed for the office that God chose him. And then God himself made sure everyone knew that was happening. Later on, he spoke from heaven. So one of the reasons it was necessary for Jesus to be baptized was uh, because it was his public anointing for the office. Number two, he was taking the place of all sinners. He was taking our sin upon him. And through his baptism, then he took our place. Number three... God had commanded it. He says that we ought to be baptized. And when Jesus was born as a man, remember he was born under the law. Because he was born under the law, it was necessary for him to do all the, whatever God commands us, it was necessary for Jesus to do as well. And so here we see him fulfilling that perfect obedience to the Father, doing all things that God had commanded, including being baptized. Number four, it connects us to him through our baptism, we are connected with Jesus so that our sins are put upon him so that we die with him. The Apostle Paul makes this very clear uh, that in our baptism we are connected to him and therefore his death becomes ours. So it was necessary for Jesus to be baptized so that we might be joined to him in this wonderful sacrament. And number five, he is our example. We are supposed to live our lives following Christ as much as we, and as much as we are able, praying that God would help us to follow Christ. 
And so he's an example for us in this, that he was baptized, and so we also ought to be baptized. We see that very clearly in in what he says to the disciples after uh, his death and resurrection. And he appeared to the disciples and said, Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He first was baptized and then uh, taught his disciples how to baptize others. And of course, he did teach all people. Uh, and that exactly the exact example that Jesus gave to us, we are supposed to do. This is the way, what we call the means of grace, the way in which God works to bring people into his kingdom and into faith when he sends us out to baptize and to teach. And so he's our example for us. So those are the, the five reasons. You could probably actually come up with one or two more if you wanted, but those are five very good reasons why it was necessary for Jesus to be baptized. So here he is. He is baptized. And notice it says afterwards, while he was praying. All right, he wasn't he didn't stay in the water and pray. He was baptized, he came up onto the shore and he was praying, uh, no doubt thanking God for the baptism or or what we don't know exactly what he was saying when he was praying, but I'm sure it had something to do with his baptism or asking for strength to fulfill his ministry, something like that. And while he was praying, the heaven was open in verse 22, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, "You are my beloved son." In you, I am well pleased. Why did the Holy Spirit take the form of a dove? Well, the dove was a symbol of peace. And of course, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings peace. He, he gives us peace with God through the forgiveness of sins. Also, it was a connection back to the flood. And Peter tells us in his epistle that baptism is the fulfillment of the flood. The flood was a symbol and baptism is the fulfillment. And of course, Noah let out a, a dove, uh, and the dove came back with an olive branch, letting Noah know that God's wrath in the flood was ended and that the flood waters were receding. And so the Holy Spirit now takes that same form, reminding people of that flood, which was a symbol of God's wrath, and that and the dove then, which is a symbol that no God's wrath has been fulfilled, well, now God's wrath against sinners has been fulfilled, and the dove comes down to let us know that, that God has made peace with man through his son, Jesus Christ. And so then we have, so we have Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit, and of course we have also the voice from heaven, which is the Father. And you can't overlook how important this passage is for the teaching of the Trinity. It's one of the few passages, there are one or two more, but it's one of the few passages passages in which we have all three persons of the Trinity present and separate. Jesus is not the same as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the same as the Father. The Father is not the same as Jesus. They are all three there, and they are all three one God, but they are all three separate. And, and notice also, here's another important aspect of this, that all three are working together in the work of our salvation. Jesus is the one who came down and took the form of a man and uh, suffered and died in our place, but the Father does not abandon him. Uh, he he is right there with him, with him, strengthening and helping him in the work that he sent him to do. And the Holy Spirit is also right there, strengthening and helping him. And this, of course, is a fulfillment of what was prophesied in Isaiah. Uh, I will pour out my spirit upon him. Uh, so that's a good passage to look up as well. And here we have that fulfillment. So there we have it. The, the baptism of Jesus, starting with the preparation that John makes, uh, 
And uh, to this day, our baptism serves the same purpose. It's a continuation of John's baptism, not a new thing. Uh, Our baptism also prepares us for the coming of Jesus by washing away our sin. Uh, But it does more than that. Uh, It also connects us to Jesus, as Paul says, and and makes us God's own children. So it's a very wonderful blessing and a very wonderful sacrament that we share uh, with Jesus And of course, it's also important, as we said, uh, because it shows us that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one who came uh, to fulfill, to be our prophet, priest, and king. Let me know if you have any questions that I didn't uh, answer adequately. Uh, All right. Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson.